This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You going to the cinema today? You got anything? Um, cinema today? Uh, no. When's the uh, next cinema, time you go? Oh. I've got next time I'm going next Friday. A new Brad Pitt film, Bullet Train. That is the next film on the old radar. Uh, Brad Pitt as an American assassin on a train, um, surrounded by uh, another group of assassins, and they do war as they're shuttling through Tokyo. I've read the script and. Um, it's not bad as a script type of thing. There's a lot going on, lots of twists. It's very Guy Ritchie, Tarantino-esque. Who's directing it? It's the guy who directed Deadpool 2. I can't remember the exact name of the actual chap, but his last big hit was um, the last Deadpool film. And I guess this has got that same... It's not based on a graphic novel. It's based on a, a normal uh, novel. Um, and um, But it's got that hard-boiled kind of like, you know, tongue-in-cheek, self-aware element it's definitely that from reading the script it very much feels like a movie lots of like um it's very much guy it's guy Ritchie on acid lots of flat guy Ritchie on acid on acid if you could believe that guy Ritchie in the middle of a glastonbury uh festival type of thing wandering around shouting at people oh it's a rather it's guy Ritchie on speed a tab of speed on his tongue wandering around yelling at the public type of thing Oh, well, that, you're going next Friday, did you say? That's what I'm looking for. When to. you go to the cinema, do you book your tickets or do you just turn up? Oh, no, always book my tickets. Oh, yeah, definitely book my tickets. Do most online. people book tickets so they just turn up? Do you know, I don't know how, um, how, uh, uh, what rest of the people do it. A lot of the time I turn up and I think, well, I didn't need to book tickets to this. Do you know what I mean? It's just absolutely- do you get excited when you start heading towards the cinema? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do get excited. Although I, I always wish I was as, as excited as when I was a kid. I always have that little nostalgia where I just think I'm always chasing the dragon there. Now, there is an excitement. I'd be interested in seeing Brad Pitt, big action thriller movie. As yeah. I said, I've read the script. I know it's going to be good. There's some good twists there. It'd be interesting to see how they visualize the different narrative beats that you've written on you've written on you've you've read on page already mm. but, um that nostalgia of watching even though when you're a kid those films were absolute crap like gremlins 2 was a horrific movie in dick tracy but i remember it literally just being like an out-of-body experience like i was being driven to a cult when was the last time you got that feeling watching a film as an adult in the cinema has any any has any film transported you back to little david i would say there was and also could we hear what does what did little David sound like with a squeaky voice? Oh, he sounded like this. He was just filled with excitement. Wasn't he like, squeakier? Like he was just like squeaky. Oh, Wasn't he squeakier? I he enjoyed Hollywood and America and the show. I thought he was really squeaky. Yeah, like a like just filled with tinsel yeah, yeah. town fun. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Just absolute yeah. electricity, just orbiting yeah. out of his belly button, just a laser beam. Yeah. When was the last film where you went? Oh, I'm there. I'm I'm back to being little David. I think there were elements of June. I've got to say there were aspects of that where it felt like there was, um, it's like an adult Star Wars Dune in places. There were aspects of that. And Blade Runner 2, actually, so it's Denis Vudil, isn't it? I, I butchered his name there, which is a crime. Denis Vudil? Oh, God, it's terrible. I can't pronounce his name. But the director of that, he did Blade Runner 2 in Dune. There were elements of his films where I'd say it almost had like, um, particularly Dune, like an adult Star Wars, you know, um, uh, that kind of like mythological Joseph Campbell, you know, hero's journey vibe. And, and the villain in that, the Baron, is quite amazing. It's just like this enormously fat, grotesque man who has to be um, elevated up in the sky. And he um, spends all his time in this massive oil bath and then just suddenly appears. And it was almost like seeing Darth Vader again on the big screen. The, the thing is, when you're a kid, I think your brain's just wired differently. It's like I was talking to someone recently about, do you remember in the 80s, cereal uh, boxes, Kellogg cereal boxes, having like little um, uh, movie gifts inside them? Right. Like James Bond Octopussy stickers and Back to the Future books. Oh. And I remember just like, for me, that talking about drugs again, that was like Noel Gallagher being handed some cocaine before going off to do Wonderwall. Do you know what I mean? I remember just being on an absolute high. But do you wish you were a child again? Yes, there we go. What what age? Probably 10, 9, yeah. 10. Yeah. Everything's just one big glorious fairy oh. round. Yeah. Why why 9, 10, do you reckon? Why What a, what a summer that was, the summer of the 10-year-old. I was I was up the park with my picnic kicking the ball around from 9 till 6. Oh, time just went like that. Yeah. No responsibilities, just like one big just glorious wave of um <sighs> i guess there must be negative elements like when you're dragged along to be in queue with your dad you know or just having to like be dragged around asda with your mother or something there it couldn't have been just one big knees no. up type of thing <laughs> no there must have been um what were you interested in ted what were you watching in the cinema and tv and i, I was all about stallone oh really oh oh god i didn't realize you've seen you his watching. new film Samaritan. Oh, Samaritan. Yes, I saw the trailer for that. It looks good in places. The suit doesn't look good. The Samaritan suit, when that came up, I was like, oh dear. And it's being put straight on Amazon Prime, isn't it? Late August. That's never a good sign. Oh, isn't it? Is, is it oh, tell me why that's not a good sign. Why is that not? Well, it, it means straight away that um, it might get a very small theatrical release. But it means that they haven't got enough confidence to actually put an advertising budget behind it. Because for a film to do well, it's got to really do, um, you've got to get your production money back, your advertising money back, then it will start making a profit. But with streaming, um, you're not having to worry to actually bring out in the cinema. So that advertising budget, you don't have to get back. So it's a lot easier. And also the streamer will just buy it off the company straight off. So they don't have to worry about box office money coming in. It's just like, right, okay, we've got our money back here now. You know, we've got our budget and a bit of a profit. But with the box office, it's more Las Vegas. You're gambling, isn't it? You could you could come away a richer man. But I you're see. looking at the film, you're thinking, it's not that great. Do you know what I mean? Just um So that's okay, so that's I'm learning. I'm learning. what's the sexiest film you've ever seen in the last twenty four hours? 
the sexiest film I've seen the last 24 hours, it probably would be um, fantasizing over a newsreader. So it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a film. Or there must have been a trailer. Oh no, I'll tell you a sexy uh, image I saw. It's no, uh, no, it's no, 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 no. Don't need that. We don't need that. Thank you very much, Mr. Edwards. No, go on. What, what a sexy um, image did you see? Well, it's a new Netflix film. Talk about new Netflix. It's Blonde, the Marilyn Monroe biopic. Right. And once again, I'm terrible with names, which is terrible. But it's the actress who was in Blade Runner Two and No Time to Die. Letitia Dean. Sorry. Letitia Dean? I think it, yes, it is. You no, it's not. Right. She's in EastEnders. Oh, Michelle, there you go. What a disaster. Me just agreeing to anything there. It's for some reason, I thought that was it. It begins with an A, the name. Terrible. I can't remember. Yeah, but that was Letitia Dean. Oh, Letitia Dean. There was no A's in there. <laughs> so I thought it was a Letitia. I thought I heard a Ulla in there. Oh, fuck me. What a disaster. You can tell why I'm not networking in Tinseltown. I just yeah. say yes to everything <laughs> and just hope to God, like a blind man, like Mr. Magoo. Uh, okay, so your sexy image was from... Um... Blondes. Marilyn Monroe, and she's playing Marilyn Monroe. And um, it's the guy who directed uh, Chopper. Do you remember that Eric Banner yes. film, Chopper? Yeah, I remember it's him. That. Yeah. And assassin, uh, assassination of Jesse... Um, uh, the Brad Pitt cowboy film. Dominic something. So he's a big, big Australian director, and he's done a biopic about Marilyn Monroe called Blonde that comes out late, late September once again big Netflix film purely financed by Netflix yeah and um, she looks very you know I did turn okay. my head okay okay i tell you what I watched this morning oh yes the final episode of Neighbours I know I was told about that that's the end of an era isn't that well I hadn't given it much thought to be honest with you I thought I'll just have a little nose I was in for 45 minutes, I was in. I mean, I skipped a bit here and there. Did Kylie and Jason turn up? Kylie and Jason turned up. Guy Pierce turned up. Guy Pierce, Mr. Memento, turned up on Ramsey Street. So he was... Everything hung off his performance. He was I being guess. led around each house. She, basically, do you remember playing Jane Superbrain? Yeah, absolutely, like it was yesterday. <laughs> so... So she said, do you want to go and have a look at all the houses again? I'm sure I can get the keys. It's honestly, although it was a bit wonky and shonky, it was a really lovely last episode. And they went in each living room. Do you remember who lived here, the Kennedy? Oh, where's change? The the sofas have changed. And they're flashbacks of scenes from it. Yeah, so so they would walk into a... Uh, living room go oh, I don't remember this living room and then it would show you a flashback from the 80s amazing and um, it was really well done oh definitely watch that someone told me it came to an end I remember it being really poorly lit you'd know the difference between we're in a studio now we're outside now there was no continuity well there's a, there's a really good bit where um, Jason Donovan and Kylie have turned up and they're with plain James Superbrain and they're walking down the drive and they go, Oh, is it was Guy Pierce Mike? I think he was called Mike. Yes, it was Mike. Mike! Yeah. Mike! And it cuts to Mike over the shoulder of plain James Superbrain, who's obviously obvious basically they couldn't get all the actors on the same day. Oh no. <laughs> so he what looks over and goes, Oh my god, and walks up to them and you never see them embrace. <laughs> oh my lord. You would have 
four. You know what I mean? They're a bit of sort that out for crying out loud. And also, Kyla Minogue, I think she met she she, she utters like three words in ten. She doesn't talk in it. It's really weird. Almost like she's not allowed to talk. Maybe it's sort of contractually wasn't able. Do you get the vibe she's even on Ramsey Street? Do you think they just like filmed her in a car park somewhere? She's, she's definitely there. there, but she doesn't talk. It's really <laughs> But, oh, the nostalgia. Oh, massively. Does Jason Donovan talk? He, uh, yeah, he talked. I, it made me feel like, oh, I abandoned you, neighbours. I know, it does have that vibe, doesn't it? I turn my back. Well, that's why they're gone, because we abandoned them. We've all gone to our streaming services, haven't we? And this whole idea of a... Well, it was was basically going to work, wasn't it? As soon as you went to work in your 20s, you didn't watch anything. Yeah, very true. Yes, there was no time. We should not be talking about this, David, because this is Movie Chat. David Edwards Movie. Have you got any movie news this week, David? I have got some interesting movie news. I'll tell you one that's very interesting that surfaced is um, the Justice League film. You know the DC movie, Justice League? No. That That's basically when Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Superman all came together um, to actually uh, take on a foe. So it was like the DC's version of Avengers. What does DC stand for? I don't know anything about uh, Detective Comics. And that was the name of that brand that Warner Brothers had bought, and they own Batman and Superman. Right. I and hate it. I really didn't like comics as a boy. No, I. You are not a. Lo- we are seriously in the minority. Yeah. I wasn't even really into Christopher Reeves as Superman. Really, I'd watch them and be entertained. I like Chrissy. I like Chris. I, it's it was, just comics. Yes, I mean, I did. I got to be into 2008 as a teenager. Oh God, massively. No. Everyone loved them. I, was I, f- I found them a pain in the ass to read. What, sorry, what bu- bubble am I meant to be? Speech bubble am I meant to be following? Sorry, yes. wait, what? What's going on? Uh, don't like, don't like the look at that drawing. It's too many sharp edges. I, I was exactly the same. I remember going for a Spider-Man annual and kind of getting on with oh, it. But... Way more Beano. I was a Beano boy. Oh, God, yeah. It goes without saying. What's that song you wrote called The Beano Boy? How did that go again? It was called... Um... He's been all around. He's the Beano boy. He's the Beano. <laughs> Did I actually? Is that a real song that I came <laughs> no, up with? No, no, no. Time to go back into my archive <laughs> now. My greatest hits. The Beano boy. boy. The Beano boy. He's been all about. <laughs> He's the Beano boy. Yeah, I was more a Beano guy. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying, sorry, your news, sorry. No, no, not at all. I think. No, 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 I, seriously. I was, I, was a, I was part of their membership. I had a Nasher fan. So did I. So did Absolutely. I. Absolutely. Yeah. And the little fur around it was actual proper. And his eyes were sort of little, they'd roll around. Yes, they would. Yeah, definitely. God, yeah. That, we that should do a Beano cool. podcast. We should do a Beano podcast, and Britain should do their own bloody Marvel Beano universe. Don't swear. Why are there a Beano? Don't sorry, swear. Absolutely. Don't ruin it. Don't bring your crass language into ruining. Nasher and the <laughs> team's fun, right? But, um, movie news. Movie news. So basically, um, you've got the you've got the DC uh, Justice League film. Halfway no. through production, Zack Snyder stopped directing this film. Um, uh, first of all, because um, it wasn't visually meeting the requirements of what the Warner Brothers studios wanted, but also, unfortunately, his daughter passed away. So there was. Oh my reasons. god! I know. So he stopped filming. Josh Whedon, who was a director for Avengers, took over. 
then what the film came out and fans were not happy with it. They didn't feel it had a consistent visual style because two directors had handled it. Yeah. After that, there was a massive army of Twitter fans demanding Warner Brothers to actually um, release Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League to actually say, we want to look at the original film, not the Josh Whedon film where Josh Whedon got involved at the end. We want to see what it originally would have been like because this Justice League film's butchered. It's two directors all over it. And in the end, Warner Brothers gave up and they actually gave Zack Snyder money to, to finish how he would have finished the film, filming it, got the actors back in and edited it. And it was released on HBO Max, their, uh, their Warner Brothers streaming site. But now it's been revealed that Zack Snyder, the director, paid a computer company to get a load of Twitter fake bots to create this campaign to make, allow him to film and edit his own version of the film. I know it's amazing, isn't it? After a while, it gained momentum, and apparently about um, a half of the, the Twitter bots were real. Well, they're not Twitter bots. The Twitter followers were real. But a high majority that created the campaign, put a lot of pressure behind the Warner Brothers studio uh, execs, were fake um, Twitter bots. So what's what's happening to him? Well, it needs to actually go into the courts now because uh, a journalist has exposed him for Rolling Stone through Rolling Stones magazine. So oh. it's in the mix of actually being, uh, you know, going through negotiations. But. Um, Apparently, yeah, that you know, he created it. He created his own opportunity through Twitter. What do you think of that? What's your opinion on that? Well, just a real shock, isn't it? Which, like, a director can um, use the internet to gain loads of power ultimately. Because apparently, it wasn't just an edit. Warner Brothers gave um, Zack Snyder loads of money to refilm it, tens of millions of pounds. People don't know the exact amount, but it would have been at least fifty, sixty million dollars to actually get Henry Cavill back in. Because at one point, um, Henry Cavill had a moustache because he was filming the last Mission Impossible film. So that's a CGI remove it and all that type of thing. So um, I don't like that. Basically, like it shows how cutthroat and motivated you've got to be. Oh. It's not just a case of being able yeah. to actually, you know, um, direct a film and um, visually create something that stimulates the audience. You need to be able to really have your finger on the Hollywood political button, don't you? To actually get yourself in that position in the first place. I'm just thinking about that guy I've been watching living in the woods just on his own. Complete so, opposite to Zach Snyder. Complete opposite. No Twitter bots. He's just sorting out. No his Twitter bots. Pooing his shed and... His version of Superman and uh, his comic con followers. That's just pooing a shed. Exactly. Just pooing a shed and get on with your life. He doesn't have to do an Instagram photo of it afterwards. Can just get go on about his life. He's feeding his chickens. He's growing his vegetables. He's not worried about bloody. Oh, God. It's not him fighting him. It's him loving nature, just hugging a tree for crying out loud. You know, he doesn't need a, an audience to feel like he exists. Do we? Do we need one? I think so. Probably. I think I just need that extra balance. I think I just need a neighbour over the fence just to wave to me as they're putting up their washing. That's enough. Well, it's not bad, is it? To say to uh, someone saying, hello. Hello. Yeah, you exist. Yeah. Giving me full eye contact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing worse when they don't say hello, though. They just wander back inside their house. That can ruin your day. Yeah. Have you got a neighbour like that? Um, 
No, I haven't actually. Well, no, I haven't said that actually. There's one bloke who just doesn't want to talk to me at all. I was no. doing some weeding this morning. God, and, you're doing um, a lot of weeding at the moment. Well, it just keeps growing back. It's like something like the day of the triffids. I mean, the amount of weed killer I put in there. Oh, you're just fucking throwing poison everywhere, I know. aren't I've you? I've tried. I've tried. I mean, it should be a genocide, but they keep coming back. It's just amazing. Fucking hell. It's incredible. It is like the beginning of an 80s like high-concept teen film. You know, like something's growing underneath my grounds. What does your... Fr- I'd love to see your front lawn. What does it look like? Oh, just um, void of any personality and therefore responsibility. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for movie news, David. Not a problem. I hope you enjoyed it. David Edwards Movie Review. So, this week's movie review. Last week, we used the random film generator and we came up with three films and the film you picked blindfoldedly was one of my favourite films ever. I'm really interested to hear what you thought of Westworld. Westworld, I've got to say, um, I'm not just saying it's purely because it's your favourite film. I was very impressed. Were you? I genuinely, I can go into detail of why. Do you know what I mean? I think basically it's a case. Firstly, I was thinking... Does it hold up? Does it hold up? Did you watch it and go, oh, it's a bit... No, no, it definitely held up. I was properly impressed. I was thinking, how have I not watched this? I can see HBO, why they grabbed it and turned it into a TV series because it's got the the foundations of something quite special. The other thing is, flippity skip. How many films have piggybacked off Westworld's? Yeah, what in movies? Go, go on. What, what are you talking about? What, you mean that like a Terminator? Well, I mean Terminator. First of all, is the obvious one, isn't it? But then also you've got um, action sequences from Predator, where you work out that um, uh, uh, Yul Bremner's character can only. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yul who? Yul Bremner. <laughs> Yul? It's Y U L, isn't it? Yul Bremner. Rory Bremner. Yul Brinner, David. Brinner, here, written down. I can't, still can't. Yul fucking Brenner. <laughs> what a disaster. Doing his impressions of a robot, of a Dalek, wandering in and out the corridors. Anyway, well, yeah. I've got it written down for crying out. It's just disastrous. You can see why Commode's still in business and I'm not yeah. um, buying his, his heels. Flip it, heck. He, he's safe. He's very safe. Um, basically, you've got that Terminator element. And also, you've got the Terminator by. Uh, Yul Brynner. Uh, let's use that R yeah. and Y. It was put there by his mother for a reason. Well, it wasn't. Um, um, so was that wasn't... No, I don't think she put it there. No, she wouldn't have put it there, for crying out loud. Brynner would have been around long before her, for crying out loud. You know, handed on by okay, all his ancestors. Okay, I... Anyway, you don't have to get into, into you know, um, how did I get here TV show. <laughs> but it's a case of... Um, you see his point of view, just like the Terminator, and obviously he's wandering out at the Terminator. The lenses are really clever, aren't so they? So, David, the thing that sticks out for me from Westworld is his constant pursuit. It's a brilliant performance, absolutely. And the eyes are genius. They, apparently they put mirrored lenses in his eyes, and they put the lights on it so that his eyes sparkle. So you've got that robotic eye element. And even when he has a drink at the beginning, when you're first introduced to him and he bullies, um, what's the character called? Peter, isn't it? The main tourist. And uh, then J- James Brolin, his friend, 
G's him up to actually shoot him. He's like, well, that's the idea of the theme park. You've got to shoot right, him. Isn't it? We're on holiday. Shoot yeah, him. on holiday, you can do what you want, but he still can't yeah. get his head around there, that he can actually just murder a well, man slash robot. But the way your um, Brenner, so like, has. No, no, um, no, you who? I'm worried now. Brenner. 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 You're now making me. I, I'm now well, thinking, I'm, is I'm it Brenner? It's bloody Brenner. Right, carry on. Horrific. The way he just drinks his drink is amazing. He just has the shot. It's a really well-constructed performance. So, I, I genuinely, I want to ask again, because I know I, if I hadn't have banged on about it, would you have still enjoyed it? I, I'm worried that you're saying it just to keep me happy. No, 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 not at all. I mean, there's loads of good things. I love the way it opens up like it's a TV show and he's interviewing yeah. all the tourists. I love the way they cut to them in the computer room, organising yeah. the theme park in the background. It's basically the Truman Show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've, mm -hmm. never, I've never heard anyone reference Westworld alongside the Truman Show. Um, it's, you can see how Predator's been influenced by it, the way that... Um, what way? In the way that the Predator could only see people via their heat. And then you would see a POV of the Predator's uh, mask, then looking at people and only picking up their heat. And then Schwarzenegger covers himself in mud to stop him there to um to sense his thoughts well that's what happens at the end of westworld so you've got you've got truman show in there you've got um terminator you've got predator and obviously jurassic park but that's fine because i mean Crichton is just re you know reformulating his own concept there but there's loads of stuff of course yeah you're right of course jurassic park shit i was amazed Crichton's obviously a big name michael Crichton. he went on to be a massive novelist obviously but Westworld to me was like a Halloween or a bloody Jaws. It was the beginning of an auteur director, and I'm amazed he didn't really do anything afterwards as a director figure. Crichton, he made you know he made a few other films afterwards, like Coma and things like that. But I would say Westworld, and also the editing was really experimental. When um, uh, Peter, the main tourist, is being chased through the desert, his um, hyperventilating breathing becomes like almost like an echo effect and then a music effect in the desert canyons. You know, it's really, um, I was really impressed. It was very experimental with its editing and style. It's a film that I can just go back to and watch time and time again. It's just... I don't think it's not, I don't think it's respected enough. I thought it was going to be a bit like Logan's Run, which, don't get me wrong, is not a poor film, but it's very dated now and a bit two-dimensional in the large scheme of things. But I would say Westworld, not at all. You can really see how a lot of films have been, just literally see how people have just taken segments of that film out and um, just used it for their own narratives. Yeah, I love it when they, they just get little um, clues that things are going slightly wrong in the... Yes, the yeah. pacing is perfect. And also when they meet... Um, your Brenner uh, again on the street. Well, well done. There you go. Thank God. Thank I, was, I was hoping for that. A bit of a tap on the back. We got there at the end. Yeah. And uh, he's cocky with him and he's getting ready to shoot him again. But we, the audience, know that the robots have become self aware. I mean, that's really good writing, that is. And also the way you cut to medieval world and then back to the wild yes. west. Yes. And yeah, the, doesn't the chase. The chase takes you into the different worlds, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does take you into different worlds. Bloody good. I just seen that in the cinema. I know. You'd be more than happy. Now, I never watched... I watched the episode one of... I just watched the first episode of the TV series of Westworld, and it didn't grab me. Did you watch it? Is it any good? I did. I think a lot... Don't get me wrong. The first series of Westworld's very, very good. 
I think it loses steam by the second season. And by the third season, they're not even in Westworld. They're in just the futuristic city um, and just, you know, supposedly reality. But you never know what is reality in the, in the, in the TV show. But a lot of these concepts, they're, they're just um, because TV is where everything is these days. And it's less and less about cinema. And, um, you know, that's where the main focus is. People take these ideas and they stretch them too long. Some things just need to be contained within one concept. <coughs> but you recommend the first series, do you? Maybe I need to go back. The to first that. series is very, very good, yes. It's definitely worth checking out. But I think a lot of these things, they're well executed. It's just an hour and a half. It's like there's a new Ben Stiller show directed by Ben Stiller. He doesn't star in it. It's on Apple+. Plus. It's very good. It's called Severance. And it's a very clever idea. It's the idea that your brain can be slotted into two sides. One part of your brain is, is you at work. And then the other part of your brain is at home. And you never know when you're at work or when you're at home. So, you know, your home part of your brain is unaware of the work part of your brain. So, like, your nine to five, you're, that part of your, your personality is alive. But then when you go home, you have no conscious uh, recall memory of your time at work. And it's like a very good Black Mirror episode. Very, very clever. But over an entire season, the idea is just stretched too far. Yeah. I think Westworld works perfectly in that hour and a half. I love it. It's so creative. I think there's so, so many good little ideas in it. I think the thing is, really clever ideas, but really well executed in a really good narrative pace. Well, let's have a little listen to a bit of Westworld now. Please. Sloppy with your drink. Huh? Give this boy a bib. Say something, boy. I said you talk too much. Why don't you make me shut up? Yeah, I love that. I love that bit where they've they've turned up at the um, holiday resort. And they're just getting their heads round, or he's just getting his heads round, head round what this is and what he can do. And it's brilliant. Don't they spend the night with two ladies? Are they robots? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, see, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Very uncomfortable. And also, it's a nice relationship between the tourists. You've got Peter, who's like new to Westworld, and he just got divorced. Then you've got James Brolin, who's the really sort of overly cocky, like, just relax, just go with it type of thing. But that, that scene in the bar when Yul Brynner first comes in. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And he doesn't want to shoot him at the beginning. Yeah. And James Brolin and his friends always going to G him up, you know, and sort of say, no, 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 this is what it's all about. Just go for it. And also, the other really clever element is, is that it's all about the fantasy of being an action star, isn't it? 
you yeah. can be yes, an action yeah, star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at yeah. the end, Peter has to actually... Don't literally... give any spoilers. No, I won't, I won't uh, give any spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, the whole character arcs there. It's very cleverly dark. Well, David, lovely to hear your thoughts. I've been th- honestly, I've probably had three or four moments throughout the week. I'm like, oh, I wonder what Dave is going to think of Westworld. I almost emailed you. I'm glad I didn't. David, I'm going to ask you now: How many chalk ices are you going to give Westworld out of five? Definitely five. Oh! Absolutely. Go, go to our as I think about it now, it's it was more than a science fiction film. It was like a slasher movie as well after a while, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like a very clever mixture of genre styles. Yeah, I was really impressed. I thought it was very good. I was amazed I hadn't seen it before. Do you know, I feel I feel over the... That's five chuck ices. That, that's the first time you've given out five chuck ices. Oh, I, I feel bad I've never watched it. I was very, very... It starts really... It feels very modern. Fantastic. Visually, it's very experimental. It, it's very kind of like, you know, it starts off as a TV show. You know, uh, the the, uh, the chase around the desert, the editing's really skillful, lots of interesting ideas, and very clever pacing, storyline-wise. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, you have given Westworld five chocolatey chalk ices out of five. Get stuck in. Chalk ices for everyone. David Edwards movie tip. Right, David, have you got any movie tips this week? What are your movie tips? Movie tips. This is one that's on film four. Definitely worth checking out. It's called American Animals. It came out um, 2018. And it's basically, it's about a group of um, like young uh, university students in America. They want to make money. But also, they, they've got this fantasy of almost being like Robin Hood figures, you know, kind of like um, they want to do something that people remember that goes into modern urban myth. And they decide they're going to go into a university library that one of them is studying at and steal some valuable books. But the interesting thing is, it's a docudrama. So you've got the actors playing the characters but then you you edit to the actual people because it's based in reality. It actually happened this situation, and you actually talk to the people that um, actually did attempt the robbery. Okay. So it's got this 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 other layer whereby it's a docudrama. So it's it's based on true events, and you actually edit to the people um, who actually did do attempt the robbery, and actually some of them went to jail. It was at but, um, Sundance in 2018, America. 2018, animals. it was a big, big one. It's a, it's a British director as well who did it. There's an amazing bit where the actual actor is sat in a car after having an argument with one of the guys he's going to do the robbery with, and then sat next to him in the car is the actual guy who did the robbery. Oh. And then after the scene, he'll look at the camera and say, yeah, at this point, I was actually quite nervous. I wasn't sure if I was going to do the robbery. Yeah, it's very, very clever. And also it plays around with the idea of what people remember in their own memories of what actually happened. You'll cut to someone and they'll say, no, I don't remember it happening like that. I don't I remember us. Um, I remember us starting first thing in the morning and it wasn't my fault that went wrong. It was so-and-so's fault. So oh, it wow. works really well as like a, a thriller. But then you've got this added dimension of people actually commenting on it um, who were actually there at the same time. I was really impressed, actually. I saw it in the cinema and saw it again on film four. 
and it's definitely worth watching. The actors have gone on to do good stuff as well. The um, Yeah, it's Evan Peters, who's Quicksilver and X-Men, and then Barry Kegham, who's now the new Joker, Irish actor. He's the new Joker in the Batman. He's in it. Yeah. He's really good in it as well. So it's a good cast. And also that director did another docudrama called The Imposter, which is very similar to it. It's not as dramatised. It's more like a normal... There's elements of reconstructions, but it isn't as elaborate in its kind of re reconstruction with actual actors and a detailed script. So there are elements of reconstruction, but it's a guy turning up pretending to be someone uh, in a local town, and it's revealed that... Well, I won't tell you what the twist is, but it's almost like a Hitchcockian tale once again based on reality bart layton the director yes bart layton yes well wow. british guy yeah so that's american animals and it's where can we watch that david film four or if it goes off film four's archive which happens after a while you can definitely we can go around your house absolutely come around my house i've got a large couch a, a fridge full of popcorn yeah let's sit down let's chow on the old american candy and let's uh, let's have some cinema dreams together Thank you very much, David, for this week's movie tip. Thank you, sir. Thank you. David Edwards, Random Film Generator. Right, this is my, uh, this is the bit of the part of the week that I get really excited by. This is where we pick the film for, for you to review next week. This is where we get the old Perfect. random film generator up. How do you feel at this point, David? Always a bit nervous. It's like, you know, is it going to be... Are you? Are you? Yeah, is it going to be kind of home where it was just... Um, is it going to uh, be homework or is it going to be a lovely night? Oh, in yeah, absolutely. It? Totally. Is it going to be a win-win situation where my homework becomes my hobby? You know, West, like, Westworld was a lovely night in, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I was well after that. Because I started, um, as soon as the podcast came to an end, I started just thinking, oh, I'll find it. I'll start looking at it. And I was, I just didn't leave. I watched the whole thing just in one sitting. What, straight away? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting to. I just sat there. So I think I'd, I'd watched it before lunch. Do you know what I mean? I was dumb. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. I was just amazed that Michael Crichton hadn't really done anything after that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's done more than bloody me, for God's sake. He's really managed to write a few books. He suffered from depression, didn't he, yeah. badly? Okay, so, let's I mean, just focus. Like, absolutely. <laughs> let's just leave Michael alone. He's done well. Right. If So let's uh, randomly pick the genre. Tell me when, hang on, tell me when to stop. Stop. Drama. There we go. You can't go wrong with a drama. And now we'll randomly pick the decade. Stop. 2010s. And then we generate. And we have four films here, which you need stop. to randomly pick. So tell me when to stop. Stop. Remember. What's that one? That rings a bell, remember, but... With the aid of a fellow Auschwitz survivor and a handwritten letter, an elderly man with dementia goes in search of something. Right, okay, that sounds... I've never heard of that one. That'd be interesting. Remember. Very interesting. So that's your first. So now we have to do it all again. So please pick a genre. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Family. Okay. And give me the... Stop. 1970s. That'd be interesting. Stop. 
Hang on. Now tell me when to stop. Stop. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh! Have you seen it? I have seen that one. Okay, we'll carry on. Many a time. Tell me when to stop. Playing tennis with a tiger. Stop. Aristocats. I've seen that. Okay, tell me when to stop. Saw that recently. Stop. Robin Hood. Um, is that with the fox? 1973. Yeah, have you seen that? I have seen that. Okay, carry on. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I've seen all those. <laughs> I've done Winnie. Okay, we'll generate some more. We've never had this before. Okay, and we'll start again. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Twelve tasks of asterisk. Asterix. No, I've never seen that. Is that Asterix the um? Yeah. The yeah. graphic novel. No, I've never seen that. No. Okay, the twelve tasks. Of... <laughs> is that a live action Asterix or is that animated? Animated. Well, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Blimey. Okay. Well, tasks he's got as well. There's quite a few tasks. <laughs> Each task is 45 minutes long. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> the French are quite passionate about Asterix, aren't they? It's, um, it's okay. very part of their... Okay, here we go. Uh, and pick background. a genre, please. Stop. Thriller. Oh, there we go. You can't go wrong for Thriller. And pick a decade, please. Stop. 1970s. Okay. Whew, blimey. Okay. Tell me when to stop, please. Stop. Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, the original one? Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting. I've never seen that. So, 1970s, the original. Murder on the Orient Express. Okay. And now you've got to blindfoldedly pick one of these movies to review next week. Do you choose A, B, or C? A. You sure? Yep. You want to change your mind? No, I'm going to go with A. You don't want to change your mind? No. You sure? Yeah, for some reason I feel quite confident about A. I'm going to give you one last chance. You want A or do you want to change your mind? No, I'm going to stick with A. I'm going to stick with A. Murder on the Orient Express. There we go. At least uh, uh, Asterix was going to make, was, I uh, thought, well, that Ooh, was fucking love 1970s this. original. Um, I'd be interested to hear the cast is for that, then. Well, I can tell you, honestly, I get such a buzz out of this podcast. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I wonder the cast is for that. Let me find out. And where in the 70s out. did it come out? Was it, like, late 70s or...? Um, 74, I think. Right. Um... The cast is as follows. Albert Finney, Lauren Bacall. Oh, that's interesting. Ingrid Bergman, Sean Connery. Oh, Sean Connery is in there. John Gilgood. Bloody hell, Anthony Perkins, Vanessa Redgrave. Unbelievable. Michael York. Michael York, Mr. Logan's run. Wow. Okay. 
Oh, that sounds like a good cast. I wonder who Sean Connery is in there. Who plays Poirot? I don't know. In this, uh, I don't know. In December night. Oh, let's have a look. Uh, oh, Albert Finney. Oh, interesting. Okay. In December 1935, when his transcontinental luxury train is stranded by deep snow, Detective Hercule Poirot is called on to solve a murder that occurred in his car the night before with a multitude of suspects. Yeah, I mean, I'd be very interested in checking it out. It's a very good cast. I didn't realize yeah. Sean Connery was in there. I thought I knew all of Sean Connery's films. Well, David. Well, they'll be hitting the old play button today. So I'll be happy to watch that. That does sound yeah. good. 74. <laughs> I, I never said you wouldn't be. Absolutely. Wasn't even up there, Dave. Wasn't even like, wasn't an era of discussion, mate. Okay, so uh, we're going to answer some questions from the patron. But for now, but for now, shall we say goodbye to our regular listeners? Au revoir. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your cinematic earbuds. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>